Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today, we're going to finish up Luke chapter 1. Uh, this will be the fourth podcast just on Luke chapter 1, and that's because Luke just gives so much detail, just like he did when he wrote the book of Acts, and we just finished the book of Acts, and if you haven't had a chance to to listen to any of those podcasts, um, I pray that you'll go back and listen to it. It's quite a few of them because uh, I kind of go through the book of Acts with a fine-tooth comb uh, in detail because that's what Luke does. He gives the details and, and, and my goal in these podcasts is to do these Bible studies uh, to, and break them down to where anybody can understand and know who Jesus is. So I don't get in a hurry. I do bring out some things that maybe that you haven't thought of before, and that is my goal is because it, I want to make you think. Uh, I want to make you question what I'm saying. And don't take what I'm saying uh, as the gospel because you need to be reading the Bible for yourself. Don't take anything that any preacher says or any Bible teacher says as the gospel. You read it for yourself and you ask God to help you with understanding and you will know what God says for yourself and you will be able to teach others but in Luke chapter 1, and this is the fourth part of Luke chapter 1, we've been looking at how Luke talks about the birth of, of John the baptizer, and then he talks about the, the, the birth of Jesus. Then he goes back to the birth of John the baptizer. So he's doing this flip-flop thing going on. And, and, and in the last podcast, we looked how Mary returned home, and, and she basically, when... Gabriel gave her the announcement that she's going to be pregnant with the Messiah, with God's child, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, God is salvation. That when he told her that she was going to be pregnant with, with God's child, a couple, two or three days later, she leaves home and, and that's with her parents. She's living with her parents, not with Joseph because they're only betrothed. They're engaged. They're not married yet. They have not slept together. She is a virgin who becomes pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what the angel told her. And so two or three days later, after the angel comes to Mary, she leaves and home and goes to the house of her cousin, Elizabeth, because she wants to, to see what the angel has told her, that this old woman who has been childless her whole life, who is way past the childbearing age, is now pregnant and she probably knows that Elizabeth has been praying for a child all of her life and for a long time and she knows that this is an absolute miracle of God because Elizabeth is an old woman who can't have a child and so she wants to go check it out and so she leaves immediately two or three days later after the angel gives her the announcement that she's going to be pregnant with Jesus he, the angel Gabriel tells her about Elizabeth being pregnant and, and how she's six months pregnant. And so Mary goes to their house, Zechariah and Elizabeth's house. She walks in the door. John the, the baptizer, as a baby, leaps in Elizabeth's womb for joy. And Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Mary, 
gives this what they call the Magnificent, and, and she's singing these uh, praises, and she is uh, worshiping God. And what I want to do is, I, just for a couple of minutes, I want to back up to something that Luke says about Elizabeth. After the, the angel, Gabriel, announces her pregnancy to her, and that's found in verses 23 through 25, when Luke writes, When Zechariah's week of the service in the temple was over, he returned home. And soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. And here's what Elizabeth says. How kind the Lord is. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. So here's some things that I want to point out about those two verses. The first thing is this. Just because Zechariah talked with an angel and couldn't talk anymore because he didn't believe what Gabriel has said, he still continued his service to God in the temple. Do you remember a time that you've been praying for something? And maybe you've prayed for a long time and then the answer finally came. How did you feel? How, how did you react when, when the answer to your prayer finally happened? You see, not only did Zechariah have a prayer answered, but God delivered the blessing in a huge way when an actual angel shows up and has a conversation with him, which would be so cool. I can't help but imagine that Zechariah had an extra pep in his step after that moment, and he probably had the biggest smile on his face as he completed his priestly duties that week. But how did you feel? How did you react when an answer came to a prayer that you've been praying for a long time? I'm sure that it was just like a breath of fresh air to your walk with God and like fuel in the tank of, 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 of a car that you just keep on going because it just, it just gives you all this energy and all this encouragement. And God is saying, hey, I'm here. I'm listening. Here's the answer. The second thing I want to point out is this. God came through with his promise because Elizabeth became pregnant. Uh, we sang a song at church the other day, and I, I listened to the song a lot. I really love this song. It's called the Yes and Amen. And I really enjoy Pat Barrett's version of this song. And in the chorus, it says, Faithful you are. Faithful forever you will be. Faithful you are. All your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. In 2 Corinthians 1.20, Paul says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of of God. Now here's the deal. We may not have an angel popping up on the scene, but here's what we do have. We have the Word of God. We have the Bible, and it's full from cover to cover. It's full of promises from God. It may not be an angel, but it is the Word of God. The, the question is, do we have the faith to believe it. Do we have the faith to believe that prom the promises that God has given us through His Word? Do we trust what God says? Well, we know that 
uh, Zechariah, even though he had been faithful to God for a long time and, and was in service to God at the temple, he had a hard time believing the promise of God. And it was right from the mouth of an angel that was standing right beside him. He's having a face-to-face conversation with this angel. And yet, he didn't believe it. He didn't believe the message. He didn't believe the promise. And Gabriel says, you're going to be mute. You're not going to be able to talk until John is born. So for around nine months, Zechariah couldn't talk until John was born. And when he said his name is John, he was able to talk just like the angels said. So do we have the faith to believe and trust in God and his promises? And the third thing I want to point out is this. Why did Elizabeth go into into seclusion for five months? Now think about that for a minute. This woman has been praying to God for a child all of her life. Because in her day and in her time, it was a, a shame. It was a disgrace for a woman to go childless. And here she is way past the childbearing ages age and she can't have a child anymore those days are long gone and here it has happened she becomes pregnant with john the baptizer and instead of going out there and showing all these women who have mocked her and made fun of her all these years for not having a child because they thought that that if you went childless, that you were a uh, you you were a sinner, that you have done something majorly bad against God, and God's mad at you, and that's why you you can't have a child. And so here she is, pops up pregnant, and she goes into seclusion. She goes into hiding for five months. And my question is, why? Why did she do this? Because if it was me, I would be wanting to show everybody what God has done. I would want them to see this miracle that this old woman who can no longer have a child is now pregnant. And I'm no longer a a disgrace anymore. And she even makes the statement. She says, how kind the Lord is. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. So it seems to me that if if she is no longer considered a disgrace among the women that's in her community, that she would want to show them, look what God has done. We used to sing a song back when I first started playing drums and I was a teenager, 19 years old. We used to sing a song that says, Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. And they go through all these things. But the point is they're saying, Look what God has done. And that, that's what you would think that that's what God would want to happen. But that's not what Elizabeth does. She goes into seclusion. She went to a place of privacy in her home. And she perhaps she didn't even tell anybody. She didn't even come out of that house for five months. So here's the thing about Elizabeth and her going into seclusion. And this is what it tells me uh, a couple of things about Elizabeth. That she is a great example of humility and meekness. Humility is the freedom from pride or arrogance. It's the quality or state of being humble. Humility is the freedom from pride or arrogance. Because If you think about it, going out there and rubbing it in people's faces that she is now pregnant, that would be kind of, that would be prideful. It would be boastful. It would be arrogant of her to do so. And this shows her humility and her meekness. Instead of rubbing it in, 
or taking her old wrinkled up pregnant body and rubbing it in the faces of these women who perhaps shamed her through these years of her barrenness, she just quietly goes into seclusion, into hiding. She wasn't full of pride and she wasn't arrogant about it. She was full of humility and meekness. I'm almost certain because of her service to God, her faithfulness to God, and her husband being a priest in the temple, that they would be familiar with the Proverbs and, and Psalms. And in Proverbs 3.34, maybe she was familiar with this verse. The Lord mocks the mockers, but is gracious to the humble. Or in Psalm 25, verse 9, He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble His way. Elizabeth was all about serving God and being faithful to God. And here she is being a great example, a godly example of humility and meekness. It was almost as if she was practicing what Jesus said about not calling attention to yourself in Matthew 6. She just goes into seclusion for five months with some serious praise on her heart and some praise coming from her lips. Guaranteed. When we come back from break, we're going to dig in to verses 57 and 58 when John the baptizer is born and what we can learn from those passages. We'll be right back. When you're sad or upset about something, read John chapter 14. Jesus was telling his disciples that he would soon be leaving them. And, and so they're, they're naturally, they're, they're tore up. They're, they're sad. And, and so what I want to do is just give you a few highlights from John chapter 14, just to give you some encouragement today. Jesus told them, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust God. Trust also in me. He says, I'm leaving, but I'll be back like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back, Jesus says. And when everything is ready, I will come and I'm going to get you so that you will always be with me where I am. I will never leave you again, but I've got to, I've got to go away for just a little while. Uh, and, and by the way, where Jesus is, that place is called heaven. And there's no place like it whatsoever. And that's where we're going to get to be for eternity if we're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. But Jesus also tells them, he says, I am leaving you with a gift. This gift is a peace of mind and a peace of heart. And the peace that I give is the gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. No, so and no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through in life, Keep your eyes on Jesus because he will give you peace, his peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding, and he will help you through whatever you're going through today. He'll help you get back up, and he will help you to keep grinding. So in verses 57 and 58, John the baptizer is born. It's been nine months. Um, Mary's gone home to, to, to be with Joseph. And Joseph's going to be uh, marrying her as the angel has told him to do. And uh, they're going to be focusing on the birth of their son, Jesus. But here in verses 57 and 58, Luke turns the attention back to John, or back to Zechariah and Elizabeth and John the baptizer being born. And he says that the neighbors hear about it and they are rejoicing with Elizabeth. And as Jewish law requires, they're going to circumcise the baby 
uh, because it is the eighth day since he was born. And evidently, they're going to have a party uh, or a ceremony, as the way Luke described it. And they're going to have a bunch of people to come over for this special occasion. And they thought that they were going to be choosing the baby's name, which brings up an interesting question. Because they, the, the crowd starts, they start saying, "You're gonna, I, I guess you're gonna call him Zachariah right after his dad." Because what they did back then was they didn't venture away from the family names because the family name was everything. Uh, their families lived together. They didn't, they didn't live all over, you know, you know, the known world at that time. They, they lived together. They had extended families, and their family name was everything, especially. If you were a male child, because you were to carry on that that family's name, and and so um, the crowd is saying, "Hey, I guess you're going to be calling him Zachariah," and 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 actually, uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth say, "No, his name is John," and they're freaking out, like, "What, John? Where where is this name coming from? Nobody in your family is named John." And but my question is this. This baby is eight days old. He has been born and alive and crying and pooping and eating for eight days now. And he's about to be circumcised. So my question is, why does this baby not have a name yet? Because if you think about we're naming babies today before they're ever even born. We, we, we find out what, you know, we have these gender reveals and, you know, we... We do the pink thing, or we, we do the blue thing, and, and we have a name picked out long before little baby comes out of the womb. But not, not so here in this case. Even though the angel has given Elizabeth and Zechariah a name, because he said, you're going to name this baby John, and this, this, this baby's going to be special. And, uh, and so... They did have a name, but they did not name him John until he was eight days old at this ceremony when he is going to be circumcised. So as soon as Elizabeth and Zechariah said his name was John, Zechariah gets his voice back just as the angel said it was going to happen nine months ago when they were uh, talking in the temple when, he was do- when Zechariah was doing his priestly duty and he went mute. And when this happened, listen to what the people proclaim in verses 65 and 66 when Zechariah spoke for the first time in nine months. It says, All fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What would this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord is surely upon him in a special way. Well, the word reflected here is tithemi in the Greek, and it means to set, to put, or place, like you place a glass of water on the table, or you place a glass of water on a coaster. It's just like, it's like, it says, uh, all fell upon the whole neighborhood and news of what happened spread throughout the Judean hills, and everyone who heard about it put these events on their hearts and asked, what would this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. In other words, they never forgot this moment. And they watched 
John the baptizer, as he grew up through childhood up into an adult when he was old enough to leave home and move out into the wilderness, which is where we'll talk about that in just a second. But people remembered this moment and they remembered John that there was something special about this child and they would watch him like a hawk as he grew, as he grew into to be an adult because they wanted to see what God was going to do through John. And I'll say, you know, well, they knew there was something special about this kid, and they were right. And I'll say this, that by our standards and our way of thinking, he was special. He was special, absolutely. Um, but he was kind of weird, if you think about it. This dude, John the Baptizer, he, 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 I, I like uh, uh, the way the, uh, uh, the Chosen uh, call, uh, Peter calls uh, John the Baptizer Creepy John. And he even kind of looks creepy on, on the show. Um, and if you think about it, he is kind of creepy. He is weird because this guy, he lives out in the desert. I mean, who, who leaves home and go lives in a desert, first of all, away from society, away from everybody else? But that's what John the Baptizer does. He goes, he leaves home, and he lives in the desert. He's dressed in camel's hair, and, and for food, he's eating wild honey and locusts. Now, that's weird. That is, like Peter says on The Chosen, creepy, <laughs> creepy John. But in all seriousness, he was going to pave the way for the Messiah, for Jesus. He was the forerunner. He, he was the one who was out there in the wilderness preaching that the kingdom is coming. The kingdom is here. It is now at hand. And he says, there's one coming mightier than I am. And I'm not even worthy to stoop down and loose the sandals on his feet, which is a slave's job. John says, I'm not even worthy to do a slave's job. But he knew his place, and his place was to prepare the way, which is why later on he, he, he says, I must decrease, but Jesus must increase. And he knows that his time is short, and he's, gonna, he's beheaded, and Jesus starts his ministry, and it's on from there. But then Luke ends with a prophecy in Luke chapter 1, that Zechariah gives under the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's found in 67 through 80. When Luke says that his father, John the baptizer's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. And he says, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. That hasn't happened yet. Jesus isn't born yet. Jesus is not born until three months after John the baptizer is born. Because if you remember when an angel came, Gabriel came and gave the announcement to Mary, Elizabeth was six months pregnant with John the baptizer. So there's three months difference in there. But Zechariah is prophesying through the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited past tense and redeemed his people past tense. It hasn't happened yet. Jesus is not born yet. He hasn't died on the cross yet. He hasn't been in the tomb for three days yet. He hasn't been uh, resurrected on the third day yet. He hasn't ascended back to the Father yet. He's, he's still a baby in the womb. But Zechariah, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is given this prophecy. And he's speaking in past tense. Because he has visited and redeemed his people, he has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David. 
just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. There's over 300 prophecies about Jesus, the Messiah, in the Old Testament, and he fulfilled every one of them, every one of them. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hates us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. So he takes Jesus all the way back to the promises that God made with Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear and holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. That's a funny statement because... Uh, Jesus, the Messiah, is going to be killed all on the cross. And the first thing we find the disciples is they're hiding in fear because they're afraid they're going to be next. They're in a room with the doors locked solid where nobody can get in. They're full of fear. And as they begin to start their ministry and they uh, are being killed and persecuted for their faith, well... Maybe they don't have fear, but that, that would be tough. But he says, we have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, talking to, to this baby, John the baptizer, and you, my little son, maybe he's holding him in his arms. And you, my little son, you will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. And that's exactly what John the baptizer did. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. What a beautiful picture. To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. And then Luke ends with, John grew up and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. And then when we come back, for the next podcast, it'll be Luke chapter 2, talking about, in very detail, the birth of Jesus. And again, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today will be a great day for you to give your life to Christ, to put your trust in God and what the angel Gabriel told Mary, that you will have a son and he will be from God, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. And you will name him Jesus, which means God is salvation. It is that Jesus who grew from a baby to an adult and died on the cross for your sins and for my sins. And we can be forgiven of our sins. And our sins can be washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And we can have the hope for eternity that we will be with our Savior and we can thank Him for what He has done for us on the cross and that empty tomb and the power of the resurrection. Because when we take our last breath on this earth, eternity begins. Where do you want to spend eternity? In hell, separated from God, never to have a second chance with the devil and all of his nasty angels? Why would anybody want that? Why would, why would you not choose to live with God in heaven with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all of these people that have given their life to Jesus? Why would you not choose that life? A life for eternity with God.
in heaven. Well, you've already made your choice. You either chose to reject God or you chose to accept God. And if you chose to accept Him, I pray that you'll be baptized for the remission of your sins. Find a local church, find a local Christian and tell them, hey, I want to give my life to Christ. I gave my life to Christ. I want to be baptized for the remission of my sins. So baptize me today. Don't put it off. Today is the day of salvation. God bless you. I hope to see you next podcast. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.